0: I think we're
1: live now aren't we i think we're up and about i'm hoping that awesome uh, if you are listening and we are live it's the we should be used to it by now this is what week seven
0: yeah week eight week, week eight we're yeah.
1: up and up and early so demi thank you so much for jumping up i know you're not a hundred percent a morning person but <laughs> i'm sure you've caffeined up and you're, you're good to go
2: i'm up and raring to go thank you for having me on
1: how's the week been
2: it's been. It's just started. It's just. I feel like today's Monday at this point. You know, when you have a Monday and you're like, I'm doing stuff, but nothing seems to be getting done.
0: Well, that's was- me every day. I think I'm looking at that <laughs> and going, I don't get much
1: done. You don't get much done. Well, I was reading something yesterday that I thought was pretty topical for this this top uh, this podcast, which was uh, millennials want bare minimum Mondays. And I don't know if you've heard of that, but the concept was if you have a job that you can work remotely or that you're doing you sort of in control of your own schedule, that you only have to do the things that are stressing you straight away. And that's Mm -hmm. all you have to achieve on a Monday. I'm like, that's pretty you come up with that rule. That's, that's a pretty easy rule. It means like I've only got one thing that's really stressed me, I only do one thing on a Monday that I take the rest of the day you to, like to, to do it. me. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's just a millennial thing. Is that not an everyone thing? Is that not ideally how we would all like to live our lives? Like we get good, our one it? thing done and then we keep going.
1: <laughs> I laugh because I was like, who has a job that allows them to do that? I you know, like
0: I would want to be the fly on the wall in the office when you're asking for that you know?
1: Yeah. Hey, on Mondays, look, I don't want to come to those meetings. I just want to do this one email and then I'm going to go get a massage and do my fruit and veg shopping. Does that sound okay? Sounds like you've done it before.
2: (laughs) I, I don't know boys, but that's like probably work smarter, not harder. Do you know what I mean? Like what are the meetings that you're asking me to come in on a Monday? That would be my question. And if I've got this kind of attitude, I'm thinking, well, are the are they that important or could they have been an email? You know what I mean? Like
1: Monday are morning we doing emails, some
2: stuff uh, off? Technology, you boys would know, technology is hardcore these days. Can't it be doing some of the stuff for us and we be going to do our shopping and stuff on a Monday?
1: That's true. I do think like the Monday meetings are the same as like the Friday afternoon social activities. They're, yeah. they're for me. like I...
0: You've got a real big thing for Friday afternoon activities. Like don't do anything on a Friday afternoon. That's protected time for the employer um that's I feel like that's my that's my
1: time of the week like I don't I know that I'm still technically on the clock even though it's our own clock yeah but I don't <laughs> want to do anything for anyone else besides me you
0: know, <laughs> on Fridays it's, he has pizza Friday Demi he gets about two large pizzas for himself so, uh what else do you get you get a garlic bread you get that's a cheesy garlic bread every Friday night it's not a tradition. it's not true but hey let,
1: let's let's fast forward and get into a bit of the stuff uh for those at home listening or those who are watching live tell us a bit who are you and what do you do? you
2: yeah uh, well my name is Demi and um, I'm the founder of Millennial Crisis which is a community for what I refer to as Gen Now which is Millennials and Gen Z. Um, top end of Gen Z and pretty much all of Millennials and um, essentially we run conversation and connection events. Uh, after researching Millennials and Gen Z for the past like five years now I realized that maybe it wasn't purpose that we were looking for so much but it was actually connection and community and that's what can give you purpose. Um, and we're still social beings. We're still social animals. Um, but we forget that sometimes things have changed so much since then. Um, but connection is still really important for us. And um, yeah, so I run a lot of conversational events with that. Um, I have a podcast as well. And all things millennial um, is my life these days. Um, which is, yeah, it's it's really fascinating. We are a really interesting generation.
0: When did we jump on your pod? I think it was maybe two years ago now. So you've been having, you've had this thing humming for ages now and I'm looking on LinkedIn and I'm checking out all your posts. There's so many people in your community. I'm like, I've just seen it grow over the years and like everyone seems pumped to be there and like, it feels like you created such a good vibe.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I started the events in mid Pandemic, so mid 2020, and I had to beg people to come on. I was like DMing people, like, "Hey, you'd be amazing in this conversation." um And there was like, I think we got 10 or 15 max in the conversations. And then we kind of took off on TikTok a bit. And now our biggest event had 130 people. We're in Melbourne, Sydney, and Boston in the US. We've run events over three continents. um Boston? We're on, like, you have the connection crazy, in Boston. Like 35 something in person and events
0: yeah what's in boston that seems uh, so random. millennial
2: crisis community yeah i was a bit crazy and i was like hey if anyone wants to run this i'll i'll um train you up and you can do it and now we've got a boston host and he runs it there and then we've got two hosts in sydney that run their own events there so as what we really do is just empower people to create their own community and I've made it so it's scalable and they've all got a thing that they can like start up and, and get things going. And it's amazing what you do if you just like get the right people in a room.
1: (laughs) Take us back a little bit. You mentioned before people, millennials and gents, they're not craving purpose, but connection and community. Can you get into that?
2: Yeah, totally. So I used to think, I think there's a lot of like rhetoric online about how millennials are looking for purpose. And I think that's true. I think we are looking for purpose, but I think one thing that, we're mistaken with purpose is that purpose needs to come from something we do, but purpose can come from showing up and, and that can be showing up for somebody or have someone show up for you. Um, And I think offices and working environments can so often isolate us. You know, you get this idea of sitting behind your desk and, and talking all the time. And sometimes you don't even have that community of talking by in the kitchen and those kinds of things. So a lot of I put millennials in two categories, like one um, on one side, they're um, underworked and overpaid. And on the other side, they're overworked and underpaid. And there are some people that sit in the middle. But for those on either side, the overworked ones are heading on the burnt out side of things. And the underworked ones are feeling super isolated and alone and forgotten in the workplace. And so one thing that like can get people revived is other people is accountability is um like purpose within letting someone down and letting someone that they've genuinely connected with down um is like the difference there and and we're so disconnected as a generation and i think as a world now we're seeing it more with older generations too like your parents might be addicted to their phones now and scrolling facebook and you're like mom I'm actually at dinner, what's happening right now? Yeah. Um, and and the internet is really disconnecting us so much that we need to be reconnected. Um, but think because we're so behind our screens so much, things like social anxiety and anxiety are on the rise. We don't actually know how to do that properly anymore. Um, so it's yeah, it, it's really interesting to see how people are changing um in a scary way um but yeah purpose essentially can come from community and i think we see that in social workers and community workers where their their purpose is to show up for other people um and that in turn like bonds bonds people as well
0: i know times are changing when my mum's sending me tiktoks you know <laughs> she's scrolling, oh. she's on all the reels now and like First, it started off with like the Facebook Reels, you know, like they're because they're still on Facebook, they still use it. Yeah, yeah. That that older sort of generation, and now I'm getting the TikTok sent across, and and I'm all- talking about drop shipping, and I'm like, oh, this is crazy, nah. like, this is like nuts <laughs> now, you know?
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's
0: hey, well, There's just no point to that. I'm just <laughs> well, out of story. If you're in
1: the live stream, welcome to the Funny Business 100% live stream. We go live 7:30 a.m. AEDT every Tuesday on linkedin special thanks to myob for supporting the stream doing big things all around business management platform but hey question i had next is around what are the differences so what are the differences of people who are in this younger generation compared to say the generations before us that are probably have been in leadership positions or have been in positions of power and control over say the last decade
2: Totally. Uh, Well, I always refer to like millennials as the limbo generation. So the difference between us um, and even Gen Z and Gen X or boomers is that we really grew up pre-internet right we started to like develop pre-internet so we have that experience and we had the whole world like laid out for us the way it's supposed to go um you know you get a job you have a family start a house you know all of those kinds of things you go to university whatever um and then midway through our development this little thing called the internet kind of disrupted everything. And it went, hang on a second, you can kind of do whatever the hell you want. Um, And we're also one of the most privileged generations thus far. Like, it doesn't even matter how wealthy you are or not, everyone can pretty much get their hands on on a smartphone. You know what I mean? Which means that you have access to so much more within that. You're even seeing like, on TikTok, you're seeing third world, like developing countries, like people in their backyards with like chickens running around in rural, wherever, you know, making TikToks and things like that. We've got so much more access to the information than we did before. So during this key development time. Like even if it was your uni days where you just started to get your smartphone and things like that, we've been brought up thinking that the world or our life is going to be one way. And then we're starting to see little things where people are telling us, hang on, it actually doesn't need to be this way. So it's like planting little seeds of doubt in our mind and where we constantly are going through this push and pull of this is what I was taught And this is how the world is built for me to succeed. And now people are telling me and I'm seeing things that it doesn't have to be that way. So one of the biggest issues with millennials in particular is that we're constantly going on this up and down roller coaster of, um, like, highs of, oh, my God, I can do anything to, holy, can I swear on this? No. You holy crap. Word. Okay. Holy crap. I can do anything. And then you get this, like, overwhelm of, <laughs> oh, my God, what, like, Um, like what am I doing and then comparing yourself to someone else that like may have had access to the internet or that information earlier than you and you're like they're killing it and I'm not doing anything and now I've got information overload and now I'm stunted by all of the opportunities and things that I can do so I'm going to sit in a little depressive hole because at the same time I'm seeing the climate and the world's turning to crap all of the bad news in the world. So we're actually consuming way too much than we're capable of, you know? Like it goes back to this idea that the internet and the digital age has evolved way too quickly for us to have adapted to that, like us as humans can't physically evolve at the same rate as technology and same in the systems that are built, you know, they are not keeping up with the way technology is evolving. We see that all the time with, you know, big things that happen in the digital age where it's like data or cybersecurity issues and stuff like legislation can't even keep up with the rate that technology is changing. So if we look at that in comparison to boomers or Gen X and stuff like that, they had things laid out for them. They did things the way that the world was back then. And now they're like, hang on a second. You think life can be different? No, 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 We were taught and everything around us validates it that Life's hard and you got to work and you got to work hard and that's the way things go. There's nothing that's here to save you, you know? And that's where that kind of like attitude um difference of attitude <laughs> comes because that was the world and it's true like their perception of the world is true and valid. However, now there are different things that are changing that and so that's where we get these generational pulls and i even know that millennials have that with gen z because gen z are on another level of like no, no no no, um i grew up on an ipad babe like it's okay we don't need to be here and do this for an hour that's going to take me 20 minutes if 100%. i get chat gpt to like write my essay you know it's
1: like patience i feel i feel like talking to my totally up, talking to my parents is the same sort of thing go to uni get a job have this interesting like work hard you'll grind you'll do this and then you'll be good in years to come it's like and i find it really difficult because i'm someone who doesn't have the most amount of patience but now do what we do not at all not at all <laughs> not at all very bad on patience but also the fact that we do see the opportunity and then having those conversations say with people your parents age or people who you like if for anyone listening maybe you look up to maybe it's a mentor maybe it's a friend or an associate whatever that are in that that age bracket they're having conversations i felt for a lot of years there there was a huge disconnect of trying to understand why you wanted to do things differently but they one because they weren't using the technology hadn't adopted the stuff yet the way that i look back and like smashing msn doing like like, a few nudges after school huh we were on the (laughs) bad boy i had a computer in my room and i just remember going as a (laughs) Fourteen-year-old, we've now got we're pumping this thing out. They never had anything like that. They had black and white TV when they were growing up. You know, like it's so different that now, like you mentioned, it's pretty. I think it's not as big a leap between our age bracket and the say Gen Z. Like it hasn't the technology leap for us. I remember being at school and the first color phones coming out. You know what I mean? Like that's. I feel like that's such an. Not many people. We are when you say we're that uh, that bridging um ages. Not many people got to experience.
0: Tamagotchi's, remember that? Tamagotchi's. Like taking care of a pet. Remember that? that like sea monkeys or whatever. That sea is. monkeys. Don't you remember that? That was crazy like, shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, we are the bridging. We are the
1: bridging
2: generation. Do you think
1: we? that a lot of the, the stress and anxiety comes from people, maybe like it's like fear of letting people down or expectations of what you're meant to be doing?
2: A hundred percent. And to the point that you were saying before, it's also that the generations before actually communicated different and got their information differently, right? It was you got advice from other people because that was the access to the information you had so they also were better at communicating conversing connecting with people right whereas now even if you're having a conversation with a mate they tell you like oh yeah koalas are going extinct you're like oh yeah are they and you're googling it on your phone to fact check them you know what i mean whereas like back then you couldn't, if they had a mentor or something and they told them something, they took that as gospel. Yeah. Like that was what it was. So when you're taught, it's like, if you're taught something as a kid, like your parents say a suburb different and you grow up saying that suburb different. And then someone turns around to you and goes, Hey man, it's not Pran it's Paran, you know? And you're like, Oh, yeah I knew that but it takes you a while to like adapt adapt to that it's it's it, I, I find it so fascinating because it really does come down to like where the conversation and connection skills come and there are a lot of things that we can take from the older generations that we're not and then vice versa there's a lot of stuff that they could take from us that they're not because we're got this divide
1: you mentioned of. another thing about like always on or like too much information or not like i think of it like we've said on the pod before i don't know who said about like information obesity like infobesity, infobesity like i oh. just consuming way too much in a certain period i was talking to my old man recently who was saying how when he used to go away with his mates down to our uh d- down to the great ocean road he'd, he'd leave on a thursday get back sunday he'd had no phone it was just like four blokes going away to
0: cheese to, in the bowl
1: <laughs> to go and <in>, like <laughs> surf relax or whatever i was like times are so different imagine being away disconnected from technology for four days mm-hmm. coming back trying to like it's like four minutes people are checking their phone every two seconds and they want to see what notification comes up it just the change of just like that always on yeah is, do you think that's something that millennials and Gen challenge are challenged with or they don't know maybe I us is really- the di- only difference because we know we shouldn't be on our phones all the time because we had it before with the dial-up and shit
2: Yeah, they charge you five grand for that now and call it a digital detox retreat. You know what I mean? Like, that's like a that's a novelty now. Um, But 100 percent, the always on thing isn't just in regards to work as well. Um, I think it's really important to acknowledge that because although like many of us who have digital and online jobs, Feel always on because we're we're getting out email notifications and all of those kinds of things like people are like I need a second phone so I can have my digital detox or my work detox Um, even people that aren't are constantly being hit with things like their news feeds the media what's happening in the world um, texts from friends and it 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 shows up in even on the online rhetoric and memes, right? People are like, I just want to sit alone in my room and like cover myself and not look at anything at all because we physically cannot consume that much information. We're not made, we're not built for that, you know. So you're getting not only like the devastating stuff because we know that like devastating news is has the most viral potential right and and we get that from stats unfortunately so you're constantly consuming majority of negative things even on tiktok like you'll see tiktoks all the time and they're like if you put a caption or a starting title of like five of the worst mistakes you should can make or like even that kind of stuff makes it so you're like okay i need to avoid doing this with my life the world is on fire, you know, Um, my boss, my boss is silent with me right now. And then I'm creating a story in my head because they're like that they're avoiding me or whatever. So it's not even like somebody coming into your space. Sometimes it's hearing silence online. And it might be because this person's decided to put their phone away and do a bit of a digital detox for a couple of hours. But we can create these stories in our heads because someone else isn't always on either it's this expectation of again going back to patients an instant response an instant reply you know how pissed off do we get these days if our um, package says it's coming like tomorrow afternoon it's not there I've got a wedding this weekend I'm sending an e like you know what I mean like we we don't want people to expect us to be always on but we're also expecting other people to be always on so it's I don't know how we fix it, but this is what's happening.
0: I've noticed that my behaviours change, like just constantly checking shit. We were having a chat the other day and you're like around um, Instagram stories and you're like, you don't look at people's stories because you're like, I don't want to consume that much stuff i don't need to know about everything that's happening in everyone's life
1: so i don't have facebook i don't have the facebook app on my phone and i i, I use insta i scroll through i watch like you the use this funny page business to watch the stories and that? i and <laughs> I, I don't i don't i choose not to consume those other things because i know that if you get sucked in it's just a time suck and I, i'm very conscious now that if i am consuming content at least if I'm going to be, it's like junk food content. I want it to be the junk food content I want to look at. So if I want to watch like surf, videos, surf clips yeah. or like
0: cooking videos to or shit. cooking or whatever, yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah. I'll let, I'll let the algorithm other huh?
0: I'll, let, I'll <laughs> let the
1: algorithm hit me with whatever junk food they want me to watch, but scrolling, keeping, I find it that stuff I don't think too much about, but if it's like other people that I know and I'm watching their stories, and I'm feeling engaged. It's like, fuck, I, I shouldn't know this much about, what you're doing, and I don't really have to know. And if I catch up with you in a week's time, it makes a better conversation if we can talk about it versus me saying, I saw this and then this, and then you did that, and then uh, we've got nothing else to talk about because we've already, we've oh, got that.
0: That's like that movie where she's got the scorecard on the date and like she's printed out all these facts about him. It's Eve from Entourage, isn't it? is in it, and, and she's like, I know everything about you. And he's like, Why are we even here? Stop. You know, like it is like that, isn't it? We know so much about everyone's life, and we can sort of get a good gauge on who they're friends with, what they're kind of like. That's why, like, honestly, why we've been so successful on LinkedIn is because you can get all that kind of information. You know, you can see who they're sort of... It's like
1: stalking or ghosting. Yeah. Or is, it, is it ghosting or is it... Or, no, you it, do
0: that a lot. That's when you just leave parties. Telling people. Yeah.
1: What's the saying? You know what I'm trying to say?
2: Yeah, totally. No, 100%. I agree. And I always, like, say to people, or oh, I make a lot of content online about this as well. It's like, are you depressed and anxious or is your screen time too high? You know, and there's it's such a thing like if you're sitting scrolling all the time and thinking you're getting these social connections or like consuming constantly or Um, consuming this, what did you call it? Like junk food, uh, like, you know, screen junk food. And that can suck three hours of your day. And then you're like, oh my God, I feel kind of like crap right now. Why do I feel so crap? Like I haven't done anything. And then you turn into this spiral of like, oh my God, I haven't done anything with my day. And then you're consuming videos at the end of people like camping or like going for a surf or whatever and you're like that's what I should be doing and then there's another video of someone telling you you need to live your life you know and then you're like all I've done all day is do this it's it's just a it's a spiral like it it is and it's yeah it's it's no good but how do we stop when everyone it's the expectation that we're on there you know like I always go through this push and pull of like oh I'm gonna get rid of Instagram but then I'm like but I actually need Instagram because that's where my work is. That's where my community is. That's where a lot of stuff is. But what I don't need to do is spend three hours scrolling on there. Yeah, you I know, it's a, creating good, is different.
1: It's a good you know? segue. Sean, Sean's just dropped in a question. How can you draw a line between consuming information for personal connection versus business relationship development?
2: Yeah. One thing I always suggest to people um, is a, either create like having a business specific account so I also teach digital marketing classes and and socials is my like main work that I do social media strategy and stuff what I always say to people is like if you want to make sure you're inspired by the right things and creating the right stuff having your business account for example like you might have your personal account and you're following surfing and whatever on those accounts but on the funny business account, it should be things that inspire you. And I don't think inspiration when it comes to business stuff needs to necessarily come from people in the same industry or lane as you because that can then turn into comparison and be really kind of negative you need to figure out what things inspire you sometimes it's not following anyone and it might feel like cutthroat or something like that but when you're on that business account make it a like make it a creation space where you're creating stuff and sometimes um, having I always say like the best creation comes from constraints so if the less you're consuming sometimes the better the creation can be um, in terms of that so having different accounts like if you do need your personal account because you want to connect with like family and friends and stuff have a separate business account and maybe the personal account gets switched on the weekends but the business account is what you're on five days a week you know what I mean during those That's five days
1: advice. honestly I never really thought But I now looking back we had the funny business account and for me it does give me that disconnect where I don't I know I'm still scrolling and looking at stuff but I do feel more like it's keeping up to date with what's going on in the community and and as you know if someone who runs a community a lot of it is more just like you have to stay you have
0: to stay you engaged have to, yeah, yeah. you have to otherwise yeah. the community is not there. So and like point... when you go to a community and, they got, and they're got they following no one, it's like, I don't really like that exchange though, where it's like, hey, follow me and follow, but we don't show any love back. That's where I get a bit like, no, I don't like
2: that. That used to be millennial. We used to have no, we used to not follow, for the exact reason of, I know if I'm on this account, I'm going to get stuck scrolling. And now what we do is our following isn't of our community, it's verified accounts that our community can diversify their newsfeed. So one of the big values at Millennial Crisis and one of the most amazing things about our community is it's super diverse and diverse in like um, areas that people come from but also like ethnicities age groups working environments like you can have someone who's making multi six figures and someone that's working in community work just barely getting by in the same conversation exchanging like views and stuff so that because we create that in real life I think it's important that you replicate that in your virtual community as well so when you're following people having a diverse news feed is so 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 important in terms of your consumption and your mental sanity so now our following list on but it's really hard to like create that for yourself so our following list on millennial crisis is diverse and like millennial crisis approved accounts that you can follow to consume different types of media and not have the same thing and I think it's important as a business as well to have that too because you can really take inspo from other places like whenever I teach strategy I always say like if there's a p if you're a business person and you're selling products or something if you see a pt that's like kicking off and like doing amazing work take inspo from their content and recreate it in your niche. Like imagine what you can do with that. That's how you're going to be unique and set yourself apart and, you know, really be able to take inspo.
1: So Rajiv just asked, what are your ways of adding value to others? I hope you just like that answer. Cause I feel like that answer there was an absolute banger of how uh, Demi helps almost provide a directory to a community of things that might interest them. That is That's straight up a value add. The other question from Andrew is what's an appropriate screen junk food diet for weaning off? Have you tried to reduce your screen time? Have you done any of those activities where you've gone through your own stuff and looked hard at your life, looked in the mirror and said, down the barrel, what am I doing? This is too much.
2: Yeah, my screen time's disgusting. Um, (laughs) It's really shameful, but um, I, I have the apps on my phone like to minimize my screen time. I am constantly like, your time for TikTok is off, is done today, you know? And I'm like, oh, is it? Psh, dismiss. Um, and I keep going. But I think it's about figuring out what's right for you. Like the thing that I've been doing this year is not having my phone in my room. And I will admit, um, maybe I dropped off for three weeks last month. Um, but I'm back on the game now and my phone like will have to be in another room and that at least helps my nighttime digital detox and my morning digital detox where I'm not consuming anything before I go to bed and the first time and the time I wake up in the morning which I think also trickles into my day so then my day I'm not scrolling as much or consuming as much and you really know the difference in yourself if I'm spending two hours on tiktok And that's my like timer limit for the day. And it says dismiss, but I'm creating content on there. I'm consuming content that then I'm creating from or writing notes from or, or that versus spending two hours just literally scrolling before bed. You feel different and you know yourself, you know. So what I would say is Try different strategies and find what works for you because I don't think there's one thing that works for people. Like some people, deal with like there's these apps now where it's like oh you're gonna spend 30 years of your life on your phone if you continue the the way you're going right now and that can scare some people but for me i'm like yeah i get that scary but my little brain goes oh let's get back on the phone let's avoid that thought and let's get back on the phone and and look at something else so i think it's really about trial and error like anything and i think now because we have access to answers we don't want to experiment anymore with ourselves, which I think is really sad. I think like trying to create your own self experiments is so important. Not only when it comes to like business, but also yourself, how you function. Because we go, oh, so and so on the podcast told me I need to wake up at five a.m. and and that's going to be the answer to my productivity. And instead of like trialing waking up at five a.m and and creating a self-experiment of that we're like well nope this is what i've got to do and then every morning we're waking up at 5 a.m and then wondering why we can't get anything done because hey i'm actually not a morning person and just because it works for this person doesn't mean it works for me so yeah it's the same it's this idea of like getting an instant response and thinking that's gospel instead of being curious and experimenting with things
1: Another question's come through from Sean, from a viral connection perspective, whilst unique content may kick off and go viral, it appears jumping on trends and not being unique is what is going to get you in front of new client bases. Any advice on deciding what to develop unique content versus hopping on these trends? Which I'll expand on that a little bit, which is a question I think he's trying to get is, that how do you get, how do brands communicate to the younger yeah. generation? What are the changes that we have seen and how, how do you think that the brands can do that best?
2: totally i think there's like this i i the idea of virality, I think, is fleeting. You know, it's like a short-term band-aid fix and and I, I don't believe in it. Like, I always um, go through a case study where, like, I have a video that's got 16 million views and out of what happened in that video, I, like, go down the funnel of conversions and it's no conversions at all. Um, and then I've got a video that's got 10k views and from that video, we got 100 registers for an event overnight. You know what I mean? So, First off, like the virality and the trend stuff, I always say it doesn't matter. What I always say is if you know two things when it comes to connecting any audience, is this frozen? No. Exactly. okay. There's we lost your slightly. You slightly. You got me again? Yeah. Oh, we're, no. We're,
1: we're, we've got you now. While it. we're just waiting for the internet to come back, if you are watching, thanks for jumping on the 7.30am 100% live stream brought to you by MYOB. 7.30am uh, AEDT every Tuesday. We're here. So don't you worry about that. Today's episode, we've got Demi talking 100% all things millennials. So you're just, we've got your back. You you, you coffeeed up. We know it's early, but. Can, can you keep going, if that's right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I've done my best <laughs> to fill in time.
2: On, <laughs> you're yeah, good. I feel you're really time. good at this. Um. No, yeah. So what I'm saying is when it comes to connecting with, with anybody, whether it's young people or older people, there's two things that everybody forgets and it's the most basic stuff. But if you remember these two things, you're sweet and it is message and audience. What are you trying to say and who are you trying to say it to? So the best way you can do that is, And I would always suggest chatting to people like that you can connect with in person or people that you have access to as well. Like who are the target audience of that demographic? Have a chat with them and see what it is that they need to connect with. And if you're the one that's creating the content, what are your strengths, right? If your strengths aren't creating short form videos, then... Don't jump on the Reels trends. Okay, an extra couple of thousand views might be good. But if your content is really bad and it's taking you three days to make a 15-second video, forget about it. Stick to a long form like YouTube video or if you're a writer, stick to longer captions. There will be people of that audience type that will connect with that. But you need to be able to find the best way to create that for them, not for you, because we all think like our content's great and we've created this like masterpiece or something, but is it for us or is it for the community? Because, and, and I always play the 80, 20 rule. 20% of my content is for me. I don't care if you like it or not. This is what I want to put out there. Yeah. Um, and then 80% of it is for my community. And sometimes I drag my feet doing it. I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is what you want, you know? Um, but Yeah, again, going back to the like experimentation thing, social media and like creating content is a science. You create your hypothesis, you create the content, you test it out, you put it out there in the world. You have to like we actually have to put it out there in the world and let it sit um, and not delete it after 24 hours yet yeah, because we think that the views were low. Um, and then you need to um, analyze it and then optimize what worked, what didn't work, and let me try that next time. And then always, like like you would in a science experiment, change a variable, Yeah. Like one time I'm going to create a video with a certain caption. The next time I'm post a photo with that same caption, changing one variable and creating assumptions about your community from there. Um, but to go back to like that question, connecting with young people, all young people are different. So some people are going to get the trends on their for you page. Other people are going to get three minute videos on their for you page. Figure out who that those young people you're speaking to are and create messaging directed to them. It's why personas are so important and user research is important.
0: I think like a lot of young people, transparency, hey, eh? like just fucking actually knowing what the full picture is, yeah. And knowing how they just sort of plug in. That's every everyone.
1: I think they can yeah. tell the difference if you're like not hiding things in comms, but if you're trying to like leave out <laughs> information because they like you can't they've
0: you been, been smart for you know ages, in? you know. Yeah.
2: For sure. I often find like if I'm doing a sponsored post or I'm doing a post where it's like we're working with another business for an event, I turn on this like more professional like voice or this like professional video and I I get no views. But then I'll jump on and just like be me and be like, hey, like this is what we're doing. Come here. You can come if you want. Like it's pretty sweet. Then it like it gets that viral vile potential the best marketing today is marketing that you don't realize you're being marketed to you know what i mean so it's just like a genuine message with a solution in the message you know and it's it's all unfortunately again the difference between our generation and the generation before is that we they don't understand of the concept of give 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 and then maybe get where we're all about like what can you give me and then maybe I'll give you something in return. Because before, even when we're looking at marketing, they had all the power, right? There were so many more like monopolies in the industry where you could literally put up a billboard with paragraphs of writing and people would have to buy your product because they're the only product you see, you know? Whereas today you've got millions of those products. So like, Hey, what are you giving me? Yeah, like the user has all the has all the power. So, yeah, uh, getting that thinking right is is really hard, but important as well. Because sometimes I even get pissed off with my community. I'm like, I'm putting on this stuff for you, and all you're doing is asking for more from me. Are you for real? You know, and I just have to like sa a little bit and just be like, yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens when you just you know, uh, yeah, that's part of it. <laughs>
1: No, we, we definitely hear you on that one. But we've got a couple more topics for from from our side. But we'll throw it to the chat. If you are uh, taking last questions now, if you have any final questions for Demi, drop them in the chat. We'll probably get to maybe one or two if you're quick. Depends get how in. they are. Yeah, yeah. the shit yeah. questions, maybe not. But
0: uh, right, I've had a few shit ones today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think I've asked a question. Just a couple of statements. Huh? Uh, what about um, what about relationships and dating? I feel
1: like that's an interesting topic where it's maybe not as businessy, but I think that how understanding how people operate in relationships and how they choose to spend their time is also interesting. What What are some of the trends you've seen there?
2: Oh my God. When we talk dating and relationships on millennial crisis is the biggest topic that pops off on ours. So much so that we had so much demand. We started running dating events um, for millennial crisis, which we've got one on Friday. It's it's crazy, like how one things change again. It goes back to that, like job hopping, relationship hopping is the same thing. Like the, the parallels you can draw from the workforce and dating is crazy from like toxic relationships and toxic workplaces and how people stay in those and what they do to people's emotions to like. Um, thinking that there's going to be something better or not wanting to settle for like something that's good or not. Like all of these little things um, is insane. And it's this idea of, again, not seeing people as people because we do it with the workplace as well, right? Like we, we because we're so disconnected from people, we, we don't give anybody an opportunity to be Um, and it's the same thing when it comes to like people in relationships and we're consuming all of this stuff of this is why like critical thinking is so (laughs) important today because what we're seeing on the internet there's so much value on the internet but you need to be able to hear a message and then pick what fits to you and what doesn't right so if someone's telling you a story of like oh yeah and this is a red flag and you should avoid this and that and the other then you go on a date with someone and you hear this like somebody say a word that someone said this word is a red flag and you go oh I'm not going on another date with them instead of asking hey why'd you say that or like what does that mean to you same with a workplace you see someone in a workplace like I have a client of mine that has like an amazing work culture and all of this stuff, but they could not write a job ad to save their life, you know? I had to go in and, like, rewrite their job ad for them and that is not, like, what I'm kind of in or on. And I'm like, so many people would have seen this job and just been like, nut nah, red flags all in this, like, job ad. I'm not going to apply there. I actually miss out on being with actually really great business, which can be hard to come by these days as well so the same thing can happen with a dating situation whether it's like app someone's really bad at like messaging and and talking or they might not know how to put a great photo of them up and all of this kind of stuff it's for me I think everything comes down to like commune like conversation and like connection and the better you are at conversing or having empathetic conversation with people the better outcomes you're going to see in All situations of life. Um, So, yeah, dating is a really interesting one because everyone has a lot to say, but nobody's doing a lot or trialing different things enough and reflecting enough about them. You know, we, like we said, we think everything's going to be easy, but the one thing we know about relationships in any form, whether it's romantic or Plutonic, is that they're hard, you know, and they take a lot of work from everybody's side so yeah I'm
1: I'm, I'm helping lock out today with his his his,
0: (laughs) no I'm I'm just (laughs) thinking in my head it's like we we always say like you treat people how they treat you so we might have preconceived ideas or someone might be saying hey this about a certain someone but in my head now I always try and make it a point it's like well I'm just going to sort of disregard that and just go on my interaction with them then and if it was a positive one then it's like well I dig them you know I don't really care what others sort of have to say about them it's more like I'll make my own judgment on people, but it's like, people always love sharing their opinion. Oh, like they're a bit like this. Like I'll do it. You know what I mean? But it's like, you shouldn't take all that shit on board. You know what I mean? It's like how you, your own research, your own
1: data. You can't like, if you're scrolling, just consuming everything from everyone else, what's your opinion? You know, what do yeah. you, what 100%. do you stand
2: for? hundred percent. And all we can do at the end of the day is like hold how we hold ourselves in things as well. And like, again, I think if you go into anything with like a curious mind, like at the end of the day, you've got a great story. Who cares? Like, you know what I mean? It's a it's a it's a piece of content, you know, that I went on this failed date or like I did this in a relay like, you know, like you can you can use stuff for anything.
0: Some people are even looking for that now, aren't they? I hope this goes wrong. I hope this goes wrong. For, <laughs> for sure,
1: for sure. <laughs> what about from a workplace perspective? I guess the nitty-gritty of like what do the younger gen want from being in the workforce and what challenges are they facing? The questions didn't come through. This probably our last one before we wrap up. So if you do have final thoughts. Drop them in or you lose. You're you're out. Time is out.
2: Yeah. I think the the biggest thing that I hear from people is that they're not feeling heard in the workplace and and this is from both ends right there's this miscommunication between people because again similar to what we said in the dating we've got these assumptions we've got assumptions about boomers and we've got assumptions about millennials and gen z and these preconceived ideas so if a millennial asks to work from home the boomer's like oh you know, they just want to slack off. That's why they want to work from home. But the reality is like, no, I don't want to spend an hour and a half commute coming into the office when I could spend that time taking time for me so I can be a better employee. So when it comes to like what young people want or even I don't think it's even young people like I really struggle to put this banner the only banner I can hold on millennials is the limbo generation one because I think that's true for us all Um, is you know wanting to be in a space where people trust one another you know and we're all here to work towards that same goal which is whether it's a business goal or like cultural goal within the business it's about how can we all do this in the best way so if we can check in with one another at work and have and those scheduled meetings i would say is like the best we spoke earlier about like on a monday do we need to have this meeting or do we not when it comes to checking in with your employees i think those meetings can never not be necessary but it's like What are you, like, your boss or your manager might not know that your train lines are closed right now and they're going to be closed for the next five months, which means your commute to the workplace is going to be two hours instead of the hour that it used to be. Can you negotiate with them to come into the office just one day a week? For, for this week, you know, and, and work from home the rest because you're going to be missing out on the extra two hours sleep that you need to be able to be productive and, and on your game, you know. It's really important to have open and empathetic conversations in the workplace for everybody to to be able to work in, like, harmony. Even something little like, hey, everyone I work with at work is 10, 15 years older than me, I feel really isolated and alone there. Can I work out of a co-working space instead where I can be inspired by other people doing cool things and my work can actually get better? And I think these little asks that we can decide on, whether it's like from our Perspective as an in um, as an employee, like what do I want or need to be the best employee? And then from an employer's perspective, how can I provide a space where this person can really thrive? Um, if there's one thing I learned from Millennial Crisis, and we have over seventy volunteers that we work with, and and the list is even longer of people that come in, we have to say no to people now. Is if you create a safe and open enough space and you and mind you i don't pay anybody here so it's amazing the stuff that we get them to be able to do without asking them to do anything as well um if you create a safe enough space and an open enough space with open lines of communication and you actually empower people like make them believe that they can do anything you you'd be surprised at what can happen and through running millennial crisis it's made me see how The biggest corporates with the biggest money are really failing, not only their employees but their customers by not creating spaces where people can thrive. You know, because then it, you see it in the product failures. You see it in the silly ads on TV where you watch it and you go, "Who approved this?" You know, (laughs) because somebody didn't listen to someone that was in the target demographic. Um, Yeah, it's communication is is key. It really is. Well,
1: I love that. Thank you so much for jumping on the stream today. For people who want to find out more about you and and the work that you're doing, how do they find all the things?
2: Yeah, so it's um, Millennial Crisis or the Millennial Crisis. Um, Anyway, if you search that up, um, you'll be able to find us and then just Demi Cotsaurus on LinkedIn if you want to connect there. But um, yeah, it's been amazing. Thank you always so much for having me on this morning.
1: No stress. Well, thanks for those
0: who have tuned in and gone through uh again. A few questions this week. Loving it. Shawnee boy, Chanel, low. We forgot to mention her. Absolutely right about connection seeking rather than purpose. That's a byproduct. Yeah. Love that stuff. Loving the comments, loving all the positive feedback. It's good, isn't it? See you next week.